Welcome back to the TGI Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and I'm happy to present a very special bonus episode here to help celebrate Halloween. Today is Halloween Day. Now, it's not exactly the type of Halloween everybody was hoping and expecting for here in 2020, but we're still going to try to make the best of it. So while this podcast, we primarily center around classic TGIF shows from the 1990s, but I mentioned in my first episode that I do want to dabble in some of the other big shows of the era. So for this very special bonus episode for Halloween, I'm heading into the world of home improvement. The episode we're covering, it's from the second season of Home Improvement. It is episode six and is titled The Haunting of Taylor House. So let's get into the show. Before diving headfirst into this episode, I do want to go over my own history of watching Home Improvement. Of all the 90s family sitcoms, I would say Home Improvement is right at the top for me, right up there with Family Matters, Full House. Those were the ones that I absolutely loved during that era. So Home Improvement debuted in September of 1991 and it ran until May of 1999. All in all, the series had 204 half-hour episodes during their eight seasons. So the show was close to the top of the ratings throughout the majority of its run, and it really propelled Tim Allen into stardom. We know Tim Allen now as this actor and somebody who was very well known for playing Buzz Lightyear in Toy Story and played Santa Claus and the Santa Claus and all those things. But at the time, he was kind of coming into his own, and the early 90s were very fruitful for Tim Allen. The show was based off of his stand-up comedy, and at one point, Allen had the number one TV show with Home Improvement. He had the number one book called Don't Stand Too Close to a Naked Man, and he had the number one film in the country with the Santa Claus all at one time. Pretty impressive feat for Tim Allen. And so, as we get here into The Haunting of Taylor House, it's the, the name of this episode, it debuted on October 28th of 1992, and I want to go over the cast really quickly as we do with all these episodes whenever we're talking about a new show. So Tim Allen, as I mentioned, he played the role of Tim Taylor. Patricia Richardson played his wife, Jill. Earl Hinman played next-door neighbor Wilson Wilson Jr. Zachary Ty Bryan played the oldest son, Brad. Jonathan Taylor Thomas played middle son, Randy. And Taryn Noen Smith played youngest brother, Mark. And Richard Karn, he rounded out the main cast of Home Improvement, and he played Tim's sidekick, Al Borland. This episode also has a couple of side characters of importance. Curtis, who I believe is a neighbor of the Taylors in the early seasons of the show. He kind of just shows up in a few episodes. He was played by Aaron Freeman. He has a couple funny lines in this episode. Brad's somewhat... Off-again, on-again girlfriend Jennifer Sadarsky was played by Jessica Wesson. And Brad's nemesis in this episode is played by none other than Ryder Strong, who appears on this podcast in back-to-back weeks. He, of course, played Sean on Boy Meets World, so he was in this week's earlier episode, The Witches of Pembroke episode of Boy Meets World. Again, he is perfectly suited for this role, and we'll get into that a little bit later. One thing about Home Improvement that I love 
is that they did Halloween episodes so well. As a lot of shows typically center around Christmas episodes, which I do think Home Improvement did some really good Christmas episodes as well. But I always thought their Halloween episodes were very good, and they made a point to make very good Halloween episodes. It's not something we saw a lot in a bunch of the family sitcoms of that era. But I think this episode in particular, The Haunting of Taylor House, is the best one they've done. It's that good to me. I think it's very good. It's very funny, really fast-paced, which I liked. Now, I did have a complaint in last week's episode or earlier this week in the Witches of Pembroke episode of Boy Meets World that it was very fast, but I don't think it being fast worked out the way that it does in, in this episode. Plus, the atmosphere in this one is so good. In the Full House episode, the Divorce Court episode, not a lot of Halloween. It was really kind of talked about at the beginning. Saw a few costumes at the end. And that was about it. And then in the Boy Meets World episode 2, something I complained about was, yeah, it felt a little more Halloween. We had decorations at Mr. Feeney's house and all of that. But it didn't have... The episode itself didn't feel like Halloween was the biggest part of it. While, yes, there were witches and things like that, it just didn't have the same feel. This episode, there is no doubt, zero doubt, that this is a Halloween episode. Decorations are spot on. They're everywhere throughout the show. The kitchen, the living room, dining room area. Of course, the basement, which we'll get into, all had fantastic, fantastic, fantastic decoration so it really set up the atmosphere so the episode it begins with tim and al they're on the set of tool time which if you haven't seen the show tim hosts a home improvement show called tool time where he shows you how to do a lot of different things he normally messes those things up and al kind of cleans up the mess but this starts off tim is showing you how to build a brick wall so the first joke of this episode it starts off with tim telling al he's run out of bricks And Al backs it up by saying, oh, Tim, are you telling me you're a few bricks shy of a load? The the live studio audience there completely loves the joke. Al is the favorite. Everybody claps. Everybody's happy. And then Tim backs it up by telling Al it actually means that Al is one wisecrack away from unemployment. So Tim asks Al to run into the back of the set to try and grab some more bricks because they have to finish bricking this wall. Tim puts on a Halloween mask. He's got some Halloween scary gloves on. He wants to scare Al. Of course, none of that works. And this cold open ends with Al and Tim carving pumpkins. Because they say there's nothing more Halloween than carving pumpkins. So Al shows off his pumpkin which he carved. It's got the face of Bob Vila in it. And that leads Tim to show how he can carve a pumpkin by using a, uh, a small explosion to pop the pieces off of it. Now, as anybody who is a fan of Home Improvement, you know that... Typically, these things don't work out whenever Tim has a plan or an idea like this. But this one actually worked out. The pieces popped off. You have a nice jack-o'-lantern style pumpkin. But the the payoff to that joke is Al, who hid behind the table out of fear of something going drastically wrong. He pops up. His face is completely covered in all of the pumpkin innards. Everybody laughs, and we go to the first break of this episode. When we finally get into the meat of this episode, we find out the Taylors are hosting a Halloween party for Brad and his friends. So we see 
our first appearance of Jill, and she's getting together some spooky food items for the party, including worms and dirt, and a very 90s dessert, by the way. I can very vividly remember asking my mom to make the the dirt with worms all the time. You know, it was just like pudding and Oreos mashed up and some, some gummy worms in there, but I thought it was the most delicious thing on earth, and it's probably been a very, very long time since I've eaten that. But anyways, back to the episode. We heard a bunch of scary noises that were coming from the basement, and Tim, he makes his way back upstairs. Randy and Mark, this is their first appearance in the episode as well. Randy and Mark, they want to go check out the haunted house, but Tim is very quick to point out to them that it is not a haunted house, but that is the Catacombs of Terror. And uh, one of the lines that made me laugh really early on in this, and there were a lot of lines, honestly, that made me laugh, because Tim Allen's delivery is pretty funny in this. But as Mark and Randy are making their way downstairs, he he warns them and he tells them it's pretty scary down there. And then he asks if either of them are pregnant or if they have a pacemaker. And <laughs> and so that way, they're okay to go down to the basement because neither of them are pregnant and neither of them are wearing a pacemaker. Jill, she then asks Tim if he can go help with some of the food prep because she needs to go pick up her costume. She needs Tim to put some grapes and tapioca pudding, which of course will represent eyeballs and pus. Tim makes a joke that he should probably put a little bit of green food dye in there too. That way the pus is a little infected. Ha ha, great Halloween humor. And then Jill, she claims over and over. I mean, throughout the beginning of this episode, she talks about how scary her costume is going to be. It's going to be so good. And she's going to have the best costume at the party because the person at the costume store told her it was the absolute scariest one that they have. And so before Jill runs off to go pick up her costume, we see Brad. He makes his way down the stairs and he is decked out in full-on Raggedy Andy costume. And everybody laughs. He's wearing these big shoes. He's got the red wig, the makeup on his face, all that stuff. And... We then find out that the reason he's dressed like Raggedy Andy, it's not because it's his favorite character or something like that, but he's dressed up like that because Jennifer is also going to be dressing up as Raggedy Ann. So it makes sense that he's doing this for the girl he likes, but Brad, he seems pretty hung up on the idea that he's dressed the way he is. He says he looks like a sissy and he can't believe that he's doing it, which causes Tim to say that... A lot of times men do things they don't want to do so that women end up doing things they don't want to do for them. Funny? (laughs) Yeah, definitely funny, but maybe not the best touch for a family show. Still funny, though. Jill asks, or uh, Brad asks his father, what do you mean? What, What would they do for you? Everybody laughs. Tim makes some offhanded comments like get married or help you change the oil in your car, stuff like that. But funny, but maybe doesn't hit the way that it it would now. I think it was one of those things that was very funny back then. Probably wouldn't hit in the same way today in, in the modern times. So the next step, we see the younger boys. They make their way back upstairs. Uh, and Mark, he runs in because they've been downstairs checking out the haunted house or the catacombs of terror. And Mark runs in and he sets up this payoff for a little bit later saying he opened up the toolbox and saw and Tim quickly cuts him off and says, don't spoil it. Don't spoil what's in there. And then Randy, he goes over to Brad and he pokes a little fun at him. He asks him why he's wearing a mop on his head. Brad pushes Randy, calls him a geek. And then Mark, 
very proudly stands up and tells Brad that he he thinks his his costume looks great. And of course, Brad does not want to hear that. And he, he says, well, if Mark thinks it's great, then it's probably not the best costume to, to be wearing. And then we finally, we, we head outside in this next scene. And outside in the backyard or side yard, whatever you want to call it, at the Taylor house was sort of an iconic type of of, of space throughout the series. We saw a lot of Tim going outside and talking to his neighbor Wilson. And this this scene is the first time we get our Tim and Wilson interaction in this episode. He Tim stops by the fence and, and he asks Wilson if he could borrow some chains for the chains for the haunted house in the basement. Of course, Wilson then ends up giving him some words of wisdom and he explains to Tim why people get scared and why they like fear and things like that. I'll I'll get into that a little bit later when I talk about my favorite quote because this this part of the episode actually had me laugh out loud because it was pretty funny. Before Tim makes his way back inside, he lets Wilson know that that he should let himself in through the back door later and and that's that. So again, setting up what's going to happen in the basement. In this episode, we we already had Mark come in and say he looked underneath the toolbox. So we know something's happening. We know that Wilson's going to make his way in at some point and at some point as well. But we don't quite know how this is all going to work out. So we go to commercial break. Episode comes back and Brandy and Mark, they're all set to go trick or treating. So as far as we know, they're not going to be around for this party. They're going to be out trick or treating like kids would be doing. On that night, Randy, he's decked out, dressed up as a pirate. Mark is dressed up like his father, and he's going as Tim the Toolman Taylor for Halloween. And Mark has a nice little joke in there. He said, well, he should have won his alley. We would have got more stuff. Now we're finally to the point as as Mark and Randy head out for their trick-or-treating adventure. This is when we finally get to see Jill's terrifying costume. You know, she built this up. Over and over early on in the episode that she's got the scariest costume. And then we come to find out she is dressed up as a giant carrot. She claims then that the rental place, they lost a reservation and it was all they had left. And Tim had some great one-liners. He screamed and he was saying hide the dip and all these different things. Very funny interaction between the two of them. And finally we get to the point now where this party is about to start doorbell rings we have a few kids they come up to the door they trick-or-treat tim brings them inside for this party and then we have curtis he shows up and he is wearing a very elaborate costume and he tells he tells them that he is dressed up as an atom it's, it's very clearly homemade he's got a helmet on and there's like marbles almost hanging off of wires off of him he's got some hula hoops around him i will say it is a pretty good costume it is if I was into science as a kid, I'm sure I probably would have been in to something like that. But overall, it's a very, very uh, solid look. It's 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 pretty good. And then Curtis, God love the kid. He has got some funny, funny lines, and he is throwing some insults at Jill. And he tells her that the good thing about her costume, because he said he likes her costume. And she said, well, thanks, Curtis. I appreciate that. And he said, well, the good thing is you can't even tell how fat you are. So brutal. This kid is brutal, but it's funny in the best way possible. And here's where we get to the epicenter, the, the, the middle point of this episode. And it all comes to a head here because Jennifer is arriving to the party. 
And as we know earlier, she's supposed to be coming as Raggedy Ann, but she is not dressed up as Raggedy Ann. She is wearing sort of like a biker girl, motorcycle chick kind of outfit. She's got this like leather looking hat on. Brad, not expecting this at all. And he asked her, why Why are you wearing this costume? You, you said you're going to go as Raggedy Ann, but clearly you are not dressed as Raggedy Ann. And Jennifer explains to Brad that he made it very clear to her that he didn't want to be at the party with her, so she decided to go as something else. But all that does is leave Brad with more questions and answers. He has no idea. Clearly dumbfounded. He has no idea why Jennifer wouldn't be dressed up as Raggedy Ann. He's very frustrated by this. And then finally, this is when we get the first appearance of Ryder Strong in this episode is Danny. He comes in. He's also wearing a biker costume. He's like, sup, Taylor? Puts his arm around Jennifer. And that gets Brad upset. The two of them kind of push each other. Tim comes in. He breaks it up. We find out that. Or Danny basically says, well, Brad started it. And then Tim yells at Brad, and Brad runs out of the house. So where where are we going from here? We know that there's going to be some sort of resolution now between Brad and Jennifer. It's just whether or not, or, or more so how he gets there. Now, next scene, we see Brad. He's outside. He's sulking a bit. He's very upset, clearly. So Tim goes out there to give him some advice. And Brad says, really, all he wants to do is he wishes he could go in there and beat up Danny. And Tim says, well... Is that really the person you should be mad at? And Brad says, well, I'm not going to go beat up Jennifer. And Tim says, well, I don't know. You could probably take her. Again, that's the type of humor and the type of line that was funny then, but maybe we wouldn't have that in this current state. But still, it, it was a pretty pretty funny part to this episode. And so Tim's giving him advice. And he basically says, you got to go talk to her. You, you clearly are into her, you clearly care for her, you wouldn't be wearing this costume unless you were into her and you cared about her. So he's like, all right, what happened? When was the last time you talked? Did something happen at school? Did something happen right before the party? And we find out that they're playing kickball the day before, and Tim's like, well, did you hit her in the face? And Brad said, no, 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 I wouldn't do that. So he just says, go in there, go talk to her, and that his best piece of advice is just to tell her, I understand. And then he should be golden. As long as he says, I understand, women love that, he should be good to go. So Brad goes, he sits down with Jennifer, and then we find out the real reason why she did not come dressed up as Raggedy Ann. And it's because Brad didn't pick her during that game of kickball. She said, I, I felt so ashamed. You picked Elaine over me, and, and how about it? And Brad said, the reason why he picked the other girl over her is because... Elaine, her that was the other girl, is that she's good and he wanted to win. Jessica then tells Brad, oh, you could be so dense. Which Brad <laughs> retorted and said that he may be dense, but his team won. And then we get the classic, Tim is coughing and saying, don't do that, don't say that. <laughs> Trying to keep Brad from sticking his own foot in his mouth even further. But Brad ends up kind of smooth talking it over with Jennifer and explaining to her, that he, he's sorry for what he did, and he's sorry he made her feel like that. And she she realizes she could probably go ahead and forgive him for that. And now we finally get the big payoff, the best payoff of this entire episode. We finally get a look at the Taylor's spooky basement, which is set up for this haunted house. The Catacombs of Terror, 
We've heard screams and shouts and noises and creepy laughs coming from the basement throughout the episode. So this is finally the payoff. We have Jill. She comes down the stairs. She's leading all the kids into the basement. It's dark. They got like a fog machine going in there. It's, there's spooky sounds. We continue to hear that blasting out. Then we have Danny being the smart aleck kid that he is. He says, this, this haunted house is lame. And there's nothing scary about it. Why would anybody be scared? And up to this point in the entire episode, while everybody else is putting on Halloween costumes and such, we haven't seen Tim wearing any sort of Halloween costume. It's just been a standard Detroit Lions sweatshirt. He's wearing a pair of jeans. But finally, we hear some some noises in the basement, and out pops Tim, and he is a combination... <laughs> I don't know where they came up with this idea, but he's a combination of a grandmother and a Frankenstein known as Nonenstein. So he kind of looks like a Frankenstein and an old woman. And he's wearing a dress. He pulls out a maggot and he eats it. Ah, everybody's scared. Whatever. He chases the kids up the stairs. Most of them all run away, but Danny is standing there very defiant. He's being a smart aleck, all that good stuff. And he tells Tim that, hey man, I- I've seen your show. I know what it's all like, so because I've seen your show, I'm just going to assume this haunted house is going to break. And that he thinks Tim's show should be called Full Time instead. Nice burn, huh? And Tim gets very aggravated with this. He is not happy with that comment. You kind of see him get a little aggressive with Danny. He kind of grabs his arm and pulls him back a little bit. And he says, well, if it's not so scary, how about you go over there to that toolbox take a look inside Danny he opens up the top little door on the top and it falls off and you see a bucket sitting there on top of a pillow and Danny's like "Ooh, a bucket how scared am I Danny then pulls the bucket off and we see Al's head is propped up onto this platter and he turns over and he's got Dracula looking teeth that scares Danny Danny's screaming and then we see Randy who or or who we assume is Randy is wearing an Al costume, but it has no head, and he's running around, and Al's saying, there's my body, grab my body. Danny is clearly pretty freaked out, and then Wilson comes up behind him. He's dressed like a mummy. For some reason, he also is on some wires and gets levitated off the ground. Danny runs away. Everybody cheers and claps because the big, bad, smart out kid is now out of the picture, and this episode wraps up with Tim and Wilson. They're back down in the basement. They're talking and and chatting about how good everything went. The lights are back on. It's not scary down there anymore. And then as the two of them start walking up the stairs, Al is still in this toolbox with his head propped up. And he's like, hey, are you going to help me out of this thing? And Tim's like, no, I'll be right back down here, Al. And then Al's saying, no, Tim, there's spiders down here. Al, or Tim keeps saying, don't worry about it. They're fake spiders. It's no big deal. Then we see a giant tarantula walk by his face, a real one. Scene, it is over. And that is the haunting of Taylor House. I'm going to say, overall, it was a very, very fun episode. Like I talked about earlier. It's really fast-paced, which I like. And the jokes are just constant you get little one-liners you get some nice little payoffs and stuff throughout this episode it's very funny i enjoyed it very very much and even with the heart-to-heart scenes that we have with brad and tim outside or 
the heart-to-heart moments with Brad and Jessica on the couch, there's still enough little humor in there to make it all kind of silly and funny. So it's a very, very good episode. It's a little over 23 minutes, and it feels like it breezes by so fast, but in a really good way. So as we have done throughout the first two episodes of the TGI Podcast with the Full House episode, Divorce Court, and with the Boy Meets World episode, The Witches of Pembroke. I have rated these episodes on a scale of either using a Michelle Tanner thumbs up, which gets a you got it dude, or with thumbs down with a no way Jose. And I'm telling you, this one, way too easy, way too easy for me. So I give it a you got it dude. This episode in particular hits me with so much nostalgia. And I think it's because it feels so quintessentially 90s. Everything about it's very 90s, the feel of it's 90s. And and while everybody's wearing costumes for the most part, it still just feels so 90s. And this is an episode I remember watching a lot growing up. I don't know if I would have watched it the day it aired or something like that. But I feel like Home Improvement was in syndication for a while and was on a lot growing up. And whatever channel it would have been on, and whether it was ABC Family or TBS, whatever it was, they used to do a good job of showing a lot of these Halloween episodes right around Halloween. So I have that nostalgic feel for it this time of year. So I just love it. I, I really love this episode a lot. Clearly my favorite of the, the three I've done so far. But before I want to close this out, I do want to talk about some of the great quotes. There were a ton of really good quotes, and I had to single it down to a little stanza here of my favorite exchange throughout the entire episode and to set up the scene real quick it's the scene where tim goes outside and he wants to get the chains from wilson next door and they have the the talk about fear and all that stuff so this is the exchange and i it's a little long but i i think the whole exchange overall is very funny so it starts with tim saying well everybody loves or excuse me it starts off with wilson saying everybody loves a good scare Tim says, yeah, well, why is that? Wilson says, well, Tim, it's a it's a physical reaction. When a person becomes frightened, his body releases large amounts of epinephrine. And Tim says, oh, I love that song, too. And he starts singing, tall and tan and young and lovely, the girl from epinephrine goes. And then he gets cut off by Wilson saying, no, 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 Tim, no, Tim. You're talking about eponema. I'm talking about epinephrine. And Tim, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Wilson says, well, let's just say adrenaline. It speeds up the, the conversion of glycogen into glucose. And Wilson says, and glucose supplies energy to the muscles, thus making them more efficient for fight or flight. And Tim says, well, I don't care what it does. When Brad's friends see this catacomb of terror, there'll be epinephrine in their pants. That exchange is so silly and so dumb, yet... It made me laugh. I thought it was very funny. I think it sort of encompasses what the show is kind of about and what their humor is about throughout the the run of this series. But it's very that that part was very funny to me. So I, I definitely highly recommend seeking this episode out. Unlike the first two episodes, it's not available on any streaming platform that I know of. There were some versions online to be able to watch, but so many of these home improvement episodes are good, and I cannot wait to do some more i'm gonna do another one for thanksgiving and i'm gonna do another one for christmas as well and now before looking ahead to next week i want to give a little shout out to a fellow podcaster Uh, so first of all go out there give a follow to snow in south town it's a uh, 
a Christmas podcast hosted by, hosted by Mike and Rusty, where they dive into Christmas movies, music, and more. But I, what I want to talk about is Mike's music project, which is called Ralphie's Red Riders. It's a side project for Mike, and they have an album coming out based all around a Christmas story. And what's awesome about this album is that it is punk meets a Christmas story. The 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 tracks are not super long. They're very quick, very fun, great music. I I, I thought they're very 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 well done. Uh, the CD it'll release on November first via Outloud Records, and they will also have a digital and streaming release on Black Friday. Mike he sent me over a copy. It's such a fun listen. So if you're into some 90s punk music, you like a Christmas story, I highly recommend it. I'll leave some more information in the show notes for this so you can find out more about it, where you can order it, where you can eventually stream it, and things like that. So back to the TGI podcast. We'll be staying in the realm of Halloween for one more episode. Uh, so it's it's titled Halloween. It's from season four of Hanging with Mr. Cooper. And I wanted to get this one in because I really enjoyed Hanging with Mr. Cooper. It was such a fun show. I remember really liking it growing up. And it kind of just fit for right now. So we're going to do that episode. And then after that, that episode is going to drop on November 3rd. And then after that, we're going to dive into some Thanksgiving episodes before we really hit it hard with some Christmas episodes in December. Big thank you to all of you who continue to tune in, and do not forget to rate us, review the podcast wherever you're listening to us, whether it is Google Podcasts or if it is Apple Podcasts, wherever. Those ratings and reviews certainly help the show, and also just launch the Facebook page, Instagram account, go to those those platforms and search TGI Podcast on both of those. We're available there. Going to get a Twitter account sent up here soon as well so i appreciate everybody coming along and cannot wait to talk to you next week when we're talking about hanging with mr cooper the tgi podcast is written produced and hosted by me matt yurik you can find me on twitter at matt yurik and be sure to rate and review this podcast on apple Podcasts, anchor spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts